I really admire beauty influencers on TikTok, but I'm not going to sort of sit there watching 22-year-olds, you know, put on their makeup. It's just kind of not for me. It's about confidence and about feeling as happy as you can with yourself, I think. Um, but it shouldn't take forever. It shouldn't go into the realms of obsession. It should just be a kind of manageable thing because another problem in this sort of area is that we've all done our makeup for a very long time and we're kind of on autopilot and we use the say the products that we used 10, 20, even 30 years ago and they don't look the same on our older faces. India Knight is the beauty writer catering specifically to older women and she knows full well that beauty is not just skin deep. This is the Lazar Wellbeing Show, the podcast helping us all have a better second half. I'm Lazar and it's my mission to find ways for all of us to thrive in later life by investing in our health and our well-being and of course our beauty today. Well as I said beauty is not just skin deep. Who we see in the mirror can have a profound effect on our confidence, our happiness and our character. And that, of course, has a knock-on effect on how we show up in the world, at work, for our families, with our friends. Not feeling sure about how we look can chip away at our sense of self. And I think we really do deserve to feel comfortable in our own skin. Our bodies are our homes, after all. In fact, the only place we truly have to live. Now, every week, thousands of women turn to India Knight's beloved Sunday Times style magazine column for beauty advice. And what I find really interesting is that her readers are neither makeup obsessive nor product averse purists. Most of us just want to be pointed to things that really work by someone we can trust. And that is India. She's written a brilliant new book, India Knight's Beauty Edit, What Works When You're Older. And she says for women who are newly insecure about the way ageing manifest in our faces and what we should be doing about it. Anything? Nothing? Denial? Acceptance? Well, let's find out what we should be doing, shall we? Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, welcome, India. It's so nice to connect with you. I am a bit of an obsessive stalker of your column. I absolutely love it. I love the way that you, you know, you take a product, you give it a real spotlight. 
truly tried and tested through personal experience, I guess? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Truly tried and tested on me for at least four weeks in terms of skincare for at least four weeks, less in terms of makeup. Yeah, for sure. And how have you then personally felt about your face over the years? How have you seen it age? Are there things that you've suddenly noticed that kind of triggered the writing of this book? Yes, absolutely. Um, I noticed... Do you know, I don't look at myself very often. And the only mirror I have, I have a full length mirror in my dressing area. The only mirror I have in my bathroom is a little round wall mounted shaving mirror. Mm. And so, and also I should say, I live in the country in the middle of nowhere and have no sort of great need to glam up very often. Mm. I think that, you know, I think it would be very different if I still lived in London. But anyway, so I look in my little shaving mirror and it's a kind of cursory glance. And you know how we all make a mirror face and we think that's our <laughs> real face. You sort of, <laughs> you know, you you give yourself a particular look and you never yes. look like that for the rest of the day. But um, and I think I look fine. That's fine. And then sometimes I have to look in a proper mirror or someone's doing my makeup for an event or mm. I'm doing my makeup for an event and I get or, or horror of horrors I also have a um, um, one of those times 10 magnifying mirrors <gasps> with lights all around it yeah. and occasionally I peer into that and I am horrified horrified that is quite because the me in my head yeah the yes. me in my head is not the me in real life and it's very very discombobulating and so I wanted to write about that feeling and and the feel the emotions it engenders you know because it's mm. really strange looking mm-hmm. at yourself and not 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 seeing yourself back as it were yes. so um yeah there are all sorts of little helpful things that we can all do to minimize the discombobulation and maybe even engender feelings of contentment yeah which is actually what it's all about it's all about confidence isn't it and self-esteem and I think particularly for midlife women it can take a real knock and anything that we can do that can help give us that little lift is is actually very positive you know without becoming obsessive I think that's that's the key isn't it it's striking that right balance yeah absolutely and also who has the time you know I really admire beauty influencers on TikTok but I'm not going to sort of sit there (laughs) watching 22 year olds you know put on their makeup it's just kind of not for me I just it, it, it's about confidence and about feeling as happy as you can with yourself I think mm-hmm. um, but it shouldn't take forever it shouldn't go into the realms of obsession it should just be a kind of manageable thing so my book is very practical yes you know it it's a, and it also assumes you know nothing because another problem in this sort of area is that we've all done our makeup for a very long time and we're kind of on autopilot and we use the say the products that we use 10 20 even 30 years ago And they don't look the same on our older faces. So I think a lot of women are kind of stuck in a rut. And then they, if they're aware that they're stuck in a rut and they want to get out of the rut, they don't know where to start because beauty shopping, whether it's you're physically in a store or whether you're online, is kind of too big. There's too much of everything. You want a a brown eyeliner, but there are 5,000 on offer. Yes, which one? And how are you supposed to know? You know, how are you supposed to know? So I've done some of the kind of whittling down, which hopefully Mm. will be helpful to people. Yeah, I know very much so. And, you know, you work in the media. How influenced by the media, by cultural messaging, if you like, do you think that you've been about how perhaps you should feel about looking older? Do Do you feel a pressure there or do you just literally ignore it? I now ignore it 
partly because I live in a field. If I didn't live in a field, <laughs> if I didn't live in a field, I think I, it's really strange, you know, because on the one hand, I think there's been a massive improvement in how we view older women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was when I when I was a child, I remember learning about death and clutching my grandmother, who I really loved my paternal grand, I loved both my grandmothers, but this was my dad's mum. And I remember clutching her, clutching her legs, sobbing, saying to her, I, I, you're so old and I don't want you to die. And honestly, she was in her mid 40s. So, <laughs> yes. but, but she, but she looked, she looked, you know, we don't look the same. We don't have yeah. kind of stiff grey hair and matronly no. clothes and handbags that click shut and we're, we're ah, so that's all yes. really great and that the fact that that's being celebrated is really great but whenever I see a, an article or a feature about an older woman in the media it's still the the message is still she hasn't let herself go look what an effort she makes look how often she works out look how carefully mm. she watches what she eats so it's great that we're invited to admire somebody who's I don't know 65 or 70 or 75 or whatever mm. but but I'm not sure that we're always being invited to admire them for the right reasons. You know, at yes. that late stage, is the person happy is what I want to know. Right. What makes them tick? What do they love doing? I care more about that, which will show in their faces, in their mm-hmm. face anyway, than about, you know, how often they go to the gym personally. What do you think? What do you think? Well, you're, I, you're, you're steeped in this as well. <laughs> I think it feels like sometimes we can never get our attitude to ageing right, you know, as mm. midlife women, because if we do nothing about our changing faces, then we're sort of, quote, letting ourselves go. Yeah. And if, if we deny it's happening, you know, we're maybe told that we're mutton dressed as lamb. If we yeah. take measures to turn back time, you know, we're being too vain. So yeah, exactly. I, I think it's hard, isn't it, to get that balance. What really annoys me in the media, actually, when you do see articles written about women of any age, but I think particularly older women, is they always write the name followed by the age in brackets. Yeah. <laughs> and I've started noticing this and I think, you know, when That's you interview really the true. men, you don't put their mm. age. What, you know, mm. why should the age be so relevant and in some, some ways some kind of determining factor as to how we view that person? It's also that old thing, isn't it, about men being silver foxes and um, older men being silver foxes and older women being, you know, lucky if they're not described as an actual crone. <laughs> but you're right about having role models, I think, and, and people that we look up to. I mean, I turned 60 this year and, and it was a major moment for me. In fact, mm. you know, I was I was in denial for, for quite a long time. I didn't actually even want to acknowledge it until my team, you know, made me do a massive magazine cover with like 60 <laughs> blasted all over it, which so there was kind of no getting away from it. And I think to use a sort of modern expression, I don't identify as 60. So mm. for me, it, it, it was quite a hard number to get over. But More actually, than 50. Yes, definitely. Because mm. 60, you know, you're, you're, you're getting into pensionable age. You know, you, you mm. are actually, um, you know, you, you, I can qualify for my, my bus pass and, you know, my, mm. my, my free tube ticket, etc. And in fact, um, a friend of mine booked a ticket recently for me for something. And she said, you know, do you mind if I, if I book you the, the discounted senior ticket? You know, because oh. you're going with a group of friends and, you know, are you going to feel all right about that? And I thought, oh, gosh, you know, I hadn't actually ever thought about that. You know, and partly I feel kind of undeserving because I think it's meant to be for people who, you know, perhaps, you know, not yeah, working yeah. Or, or perhaps a little bit more infirm and need to be taken to the front 
the queue and I don't feel that that's me. But, you know, we are all hopefully living longer and, and living better for longer. And of course, we're working for longer too, aren't we? So I think in terms of our appearance, there is perhaps more of a pressure for women who do have to turn up maybe to an office environment or in a working space, you know, to, to perhaps look more presentable than, than, you know, we would have had to in previous years when we could have just retired and slipped on a nice comfy cardi and a pair of slippers and, you know, gone off for our, our twin set and pearls and, and, and a perm, which was, which was what I grew up with. Team, team comfy cardi, actually. But also, you know, equally... <laughs> love a cardi. Um, I love a cardi and, and I quite love a furry slipper. Um, but we are, we are, we're part of a generation that's redefining what it's like to age in public, which I think is really great. So mm. that, you know, as you were saying, there's no shortage of women who are kind of present generally in the ether and in the media who are older and who feel good about it and who are transmitting a good message. My only issue with that is that sometimes that's kind of too glamorous. What I really love is for ordinary looking women of a certain age to just be more visible. I don't think I don't think they're invisible in their lives and their normal private lives. And you know, I don't think their friends find them invisible or their partners or people they meet. But I just like to see ordinary sort of what would you call them? The woman next door, you know, um, not completely dolled up, not kind of having gone through hair and makeup and wardrobe. Just sort sure. of just relaxed. Yes, and that gets harder, doesn't it, with social media? Because you know, being on Instagram, I mean, I'm guilty of this. You know, I'm I'm on Instagram, and of course, you know, I I put nice pictures. Nobody is going to deliberately put of a course. picture of them that's unflattering. So mm. I might take, you know, three or four selfies, and and it's the the, the better of, of of the picture that actually gets mm. posted. It, it's not going to be the one with, you know, the bad lighting that shows the bags under mm. the eyes, etc. So that there is a kind of an artifice there already and you know I think this whole kind of narrative of self-love around body image and how we look is is tricky because just waking up and you know deciding to love how you look Mm. is actually quite a difficult thing for for many women to do as we age don't you think yeah absolutely I mean you can't you can't you can't it's not something you can turn on or off I mean I think it's great that we are now celebrating uh, you know, all body shapes, all sizes, all ages, all races and all the rest of it. But it doesn't mean that you don't feel a bit crap as you clamber into your size 20 pants, you know. <laughs> you, you can't you can't just decide to be fabulous. Um, and I think a lot of it is to do with tiny little incremental changes. So, for example, this sounds so sort of stupid and inane, but, for example, I've got a big thing about eyebrows. I'm obsessed with eyebrows. Much Most women are obsessed with mascara. I'm obsessed with eyebrows. But if you're really pleased with the way your eyebrows look, eyebrows kind of frame your face. Even if you're not wearing any other makeup, it's a kind of tiny win. It's a teeny, tiny little victory. Or, you know, if you find a lipstick that works with your thinning lips or an eyeshadow that doesn't sit in your crepey eyelids, you know, these are tiny, tiny things. But I think cumulatively, they can have quite a lot of power because I think being unhappy with the way you look, particularly if you have the kind of creeping feeling that it's not actually necessary, that there are that there are things out there that could make you feel better and look better to your own eyes, because I think this is all about yourself, not about other people. But the, the, that annoying feeling, you think, I'm sure there's an eye cream that works, but, you know, I don't know what it is. Um, you, feel, you start feeling very kind of disempowered 
and sort of floating, you know, in a kind of strange age limbo when you're no longer young, you're not yet ancient and, you know, it ought to be easier. It's a great thing that life ought to get easier as you get older, but there are all these sort of added complications lobbed in, unexpected, you know, worries about eyebrows. Next, <laughs> yeah, next. We're definitely going to talk about next. Well, you, you obviously know beauty better than most. Did you used to feel like you really knew your own beauty regime and and your looks really well? You know, I'm wondering if there came a point when you realised that your signature makeup look just wasn't working like it used to. Yeah, I. That's exactly what happened to me. I used to do my makeup on autopilot from you know the edge of about literally 15 onwards and my thing was flicky black liner you know with a like proper liquid liner with a brush and a flick uh and my other thing was red lipstick not always both at the same time but there would always be one of those two elements present and I can put flicky eyeliner on in the dark and one day I put on flicky eyeliner and it kind of didn't show so I took it off and I put it on again and it took me about three goes to realize that my eyelid was droopy you know and that Mm. what used to be a kind of big open clear area was kind of had fallen down a bit and that was really shocking because actually apart from flicky black liner that flicky black liner is really easy you Mm -hmm. put on flicky black liner and you feel like you're done you know and some mascara and you're kind of good to go um and I didn't really know what to do that wasn't flicky black eyeliner. Without the flicky black eyeliner I felt like a potato. I felt like my I felt like my face was a potato with two little eyes floating yes. about lost in it. Um so yeah, I had to relearn the whole thing and 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 lips. I mean I love 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 a red lip, but actually my lips have thinned, my teeth have gone crooked since I stopped smoking and again mm. That was like, you know, what do you do? Because you you look very strange to yourself with anything else. Yes, absolutely. We're going to come on in the second half and talk about specific products. Generally, what's your take on, I I know you you talk a lot about skincare, which is really helpful, actually, because I think there are some fantastic Mm. ingredients, actually, that can support skin Mm. as we age. What's your take on things like tweakments? you know, fillers and injectables, you know, some, I think women argue that tweakments feel liberating because their Mm. minds are then literally free to think of more important things than, Mm. you know, being hung up every time you pass that mirror and you look at, you know, the eye bags or or the wrinkles on your Mm. forehead or whatever. On the other side of the spectrum, you know, some women will find liberation in going completely makeup free and just having, Mm. you know, embracing the eau naturel. Do you resonate with either side of that? I'm kind of bang in the middle. I'm I'm more at the au naturel end however having not had any kind of tweakment for about seven or eight years for the purposes of writing this book I went and presented myself to um, a cosmetic doctor and said what would you do if you were me thinking in my insanity that he'd say (laughs) oh nothing you're aging really well which is not what he said you come back to the long list Oh. Yeah, no, it was it was a it was a short list, but I was shocked that there was a list at all. And I had <laughs> Botox again for the first time in, as I say, about eight years, and a little bit of filler in this groove that I had running from the corner of my eye to kind of down here, which I thought was to do with having a fat face, but it turned out it wasn't. And I was very pleased with the result. Mm. My brows are completely mobile, and. Um, However, that was mm, six or seven months ago and I haven't gone back for top up. 
So I think it's a really slippery, slippery slope because it's so addictive, because it does make a visible and immediate, nearly immediate difference. And I think that idea that we all have that, you know, my friend or my partner will tell me if it's too much, if I go too far, is is not really right. Because it's very difficult to say to somebody, you've started looking really weird, I think you should just kind of stop. You know, you can't say that. It's really offensive and rude. Um, so... I wish, I wish that I preferred my face without the bit of filler and the bit of Botox. But actually, I mean, it, yeah, I don't, it's not like I hate my face without it, but, but I did find it helped. But I do think it's kind of morally quite difficult. It's, yeah, it's, it's tricky. Do you, do you um, have it? Do you know, I have experimented with it in the past. I actually find other techniques more helpful. I love laser treatments. I found LED mm. light and laser really mm. helpful for actually stimulating collagen from within. Yeah. So you are literally plumping up fresh new skin cells. One of mm. the things I did recently, actually, which really surprised me in terms of my face, because I didn't do it for my face, was an extended period of fasting. So I took myself off to a clinic in Spain mm. and I did a 12-day, fairly extreme Ooh, fast. And quite hardcore. Yeah, yeah. It, it was quite hardcore, but it was medically supervised, which made it a lot easier. And that triggers mm. this process called autophagy, where your cells literally start to renew and replace themselves. And one of the side effects of that is that old things like scar tissue tends mm. to get dissolved and your skin pigmentation improves it becomes more even and my face literally tightened it, it you know the, the, the tissues That's of really the body overall will tighten up and that includes your face and I did come back looking as if I'd possibly been away for a facelift and I did have to say to a few people who were sort of raising eyebrows um, you know mm. are, are you sure it was a fasting clinic that you went to Liz you know you, you you do look slightly different in the face you know your puffiness has gone the eye bags have gone and, and I said actually you know it was the process of fasting so I think there are other there are other things but you know I definitely wouldn't rule it out and I think obviously when you're in the media as well it's you know there is that added pressure but for anybody you know I've got a friend who has a very very deep furrow line I think they call them the 11 lines just at the top of her yeah nose. they're very common she, well she just looks permanently cross and so, yeah. you know, she had a bit of Botox there and it just relaxed those lines and she instantly looked more relaxed and found that, you know, she looked friendlier and more approachable. And I just think, great, you know, good for you. If, if you know, if, if that's working for you, I don't think we should be judgmental. For, for no, I don't think so either. I think judging other women is really, really unhelpful. And also I'm very yeah. envious of your fast. I went to um, a <laughs> clinic in Austria once, yeah. in fact, twice. And I think on day four, we weren't fully fasting. We had tea and like dry bread that we had to yes. chew 25 oh, yes. times per yes, mouthful. Yes, I know that one. And on, yeah. day, on, on about day four, it was snowing very heavily. On about day four, I escaped in my sort of institution <laughs> dressing gown and some Ugg boots <laughs> and found a shop and bought a bar of Toblerone. <laughs> so, so the fasting, uh, yeah, I find uh, quite challenging. Yeah, it is. I, I think it's, it's I mean, I, I don't do an extreme fast all the time, but I do tend to do intermittent fasting. So I'll do maybe, um, I don't know, 16, 8, for example. I, I tend mm. not to eat breakfast. That tends to sort of work for me. And I, I, I do feel actually that my skin is clearer. My, my face is clearer. I think sometimes we can place too much emphasis on topical treatments when actually, yeah, of course, we are agree. making, you know, skin from within and, and that yeah. glow that you get from exercise or from a, a cold water dip is, mm. is sort of more than you would get perhaps from from a face mask in a jar. Well, let's stay there, India, because yeah. when I come back, 
back, I do want to chat about finding new products and we will talk about those topical things, things that do work and new beauty routines perhaps that work for us better as we age. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so let's get a little more forensic then about our faces. What are the sorts of things that will be changing about our faces as we age that might prompt us then to, to think about changing our skincare or our makeup? Uh, I think it's a general kind of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I was going to say degradation, but that's not quite right. But, you know, I think a a loss of firmness is the main thing. And also things that you, things looking dry, things looking, I think in the book, I compare it to a nice shiny new leather handbag that you kind of stick in a cupboard and fish out 20 years later. And, you know, you need to, (laughs) you need to rub things into it to get it to be supple and, um, and gleaming again. Um, I'm, I, I think skincare is good. Skincare is the basis of absolutely everything. And I, again, I'm not sure that women in middle age and beyond realise what incredible advances have been made. You know, it's really, really completely possible to dramatically improve the look of your skin and the feel of your skin with quite minimal effort. 
um, using ingredients, I mean, ingredients like retinol or my personal favorite, vitamin C. And obviously what you use depends on what you want to achieve and what your own skin is like. But mm. I think the idea that, you know, there's nothing you can do is no longer correct. No. There are lots and lots of things you can do. Absolutely right. And they needn't be expensive either. I think, you know, a lot of these sort of more high tech ingredients have become embraced by the, the budget yeah. brands. Let's start with cleansing, because that, that really is the, the, the starting point. For me personally, I don't like using anything that foams on my face. I never have. And I think even more so as I age. What's your take mm. on cleansers? My take on cleansers is that they're incredibly important. I totally agree about foaming. It feels like fairy liquid. I can't sort of can't get away. It's funny when I was a teenager, I didn't trust foamers that didn't uh, cleansers that didn't foam massively. And the older I get, the more I mistrust them. Um, I like buttery balm cleansers because I think that really it's all about keeping moisture in. And you don't want anything that's in any way strippy or that makes your skin feel tight afterwards or itchy or uncomfortable or like, you know, when you stretch your face, it kind of feels too taut. Um, so I like uh, balm cleansers and I like using uh, a cloth or a flannel. I, oh, yes. you know, I think that's a kind of unimprovable <laughs> Method. Yes. Yeah. Well, so as obviously. you know, of course, <laughs> indeed, yeah, of nice course, cream cleanser and a cloth. It's yeah. got to be. Yeah. And of course, that cloth bit is is doing the polishing, if you like. It is doing that gentle exfoliation. Do you like other forms of exfoliation? Do you like granular scrubs, or do you like the fruit acids that literally sort of digest the dead skin cells? I like the acids. I'm amazed by the acids. Again, you know, when I was young, and I, I, I'm sure it's the same for you. We used to use these scrubs with kind of like pebbles in them practically yes. you know gravel yeah gravel <laughs> to scrub, scrub away and then <laughs> gravel scrub and then you used to think oh my face is so clean and lovely and usually you use them when you were a bit sort of spotty or congested and a teenager and then you know to your great amazement your skin would get worse because your poor skin was so traumatized by the gravel <laughs> that it produced more oil to compensate and you got more spots and it was a kind of terrible vicious circle yeah. then you slapped clearasil on top Oh, you gosh, know, yes. it just kind of, it that. just sort of wasn't good. Um, so yes, no, I like, um, I like liquid exfoliants, uh, fruit acids, lactic acids, whatever, that peel away, that quietly kind of chomp away at all the dead skin and debris. And over time, <clears throat> not very much time, they work quite fast, actually, over time reveal kind of newer, shinier, fresher skin. I really believe in them. I think that I think everybody should use one. I think that's really good advice, actually. And I think what's so encouraging about skin is that it does constantly renew itself. So, OK, you, you're not going to be able to get rid of deep furrows and, and deeply lined skin. But our skin cell does renew every 28 days or so, you know, depending, give or take. And therefore, mm -hmm. there's always that opportunity to have fresher, clearer looking skin. Our skin is not a static organ, is it? So there no, is always exactly. hope. It's a living, yeah, there is always hope. That is the thing. There is always hope. Yeah. So moving on from from cleansing and exfoliating, you mentioned there vitamin C. I like particularly vitamin C for its brightening effect. I, I find yeah. it literally helps with pigmentation. Has that been your experience? That's very much been my experience. Um, and as somebody, my mum is Pakistani, as somebody with brown skin, I find vitamin C, I can't, I don't quite know why this should be. But I find vitamin C amazing on brown skin, particularly in the under eye area. You know, sometimes Asian people or people with Asian extraction get very kind of purple, quite livid 
shadows and I find that um, a really good under eye cream with vitamin C makes a big difference. But generally the kind of brightening, I'm, I'm so in favour of the brightening. I think everybody needs brightening. The brightening and the kind of luminosity that vitamin C brings is, um, is, is a big deal. I think it really makes a difference. Mm. Some of the other ingredients I look for actually for that are things like azelic acid and nicotinamide. Mm. Are they things that mm. you've you've rated? They have. I mean, there are so many of these, which is another thing I go into in the book. There are millions of these very scientific, magical sounding ingredients, who each of which do 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 what they say on the tin you know they are very good but there are literally hundreds of them and often the packaging is very unhelpful because the packaging is very sort of clinical and matter of fact it'll tell you the chemical name of the ingredient and you're supposed to sort of take it from there and you're supposed to know so in my book I've pared it right down to I don't know maybe a dozen ingredients um, that 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 work for older skin because you can sort of drive yourself mad. You know, if you if you were to go and look for every single beneficial ingredient, you'd come back with kind of two big carry bags, and <laughs> it would be too much. I, I think yeah. I think that, I think that I think you I think the whole thing actually, whether we're talking about skincare or makeup, when as you get older, is to pair it right back. You know, use really good stuff, but less of it. But less of it, exactly. Well, you talked earlier about retinol. And retinol, I think, I mean, for me, it's a fundamental. It's something that I use pretty much every night, just a very low mm. dose. But again, mm. I find that it has given my skin clarity. It definitely helps to stop my skin from wrinkling and it just keeps it mm. smooth. Is retinol something that you use regularly? I do. I use it in bursts, actually. I use it. I'm I'm really paranoid about brown spots because I have quite a few of them on my face because I used to be very breezy having brown skin about um, sun protection when I was young. I used to just roast myself like a chicken and now I've got brown marks. So with all of these uh, super ingredients, you need to be really, really, really meticulous about wearing sunscreen, whether it's a hot summer day or a cold winter day. And I'm so paranoid about acquiring more brand marks despite the wearing of um, sunscreen that I tend to use those sorts of products in the winter um, when sunlight is low, when I'm more likely to be indoors. In the summer when it's sunny and I'm outside a lot, I, I, I sort of get scared because the, I, I could do it wearing an enormous straw hat and dark glasses and, <laughs> you know, but that's not really how I live. Yeah. So, yeah, I tend yeah. to I tend to sort of do them in the winter and do much less in the summer. Because, mm, of course, retinol can make your skin very photosensitive. So that is yeah. something to be aware of, isn't it? Although I think some versions now do seem to have that photostability sort of built yeah, into them. Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, but so I'm not, I don't want to test that out in case <laughs> Fair enough. <it's> true. <laughs> I actually use, uh, I use it on my face and my neck, but I also mm. use it on the backs of my hands because I, I found that over the years I have developed brown spots on the backs of my hands. Because although I do use sunscreen on my face when I'm in the sun, I often forget to do my hands and, and yeah. hands, I think, can be a big giveaway, can't they, in terms of your real age? Hands are the biggest giveaway and there's not so much you can do. I think whatever you use on your face, the, the, the kind of last bits, you know, when you finish putting it on, you should rub on the back of your hands because, yeah. as you say, they, um, they, they don't lie. Yeah, no, for, for sure. In terms of things like weekly treatments, do you have a sort of a self-care Sunday or, or do you use face masks? Do you think that that's a ritual worth getting into or is it just too much of a faff? For me, it's too much of a faff because I'm testing things all the time. So, you know, I'll have a I'll have a I'll have a serum on the go. I'll have a mask on the go. I'll have a cleanser on the go. I'll have a, 
another thing there are certain products which are the ones that I've written about in my book that I go back to like a homing pigeon um, but I love the idea of having a self-care Sunday unfortunately yeah no I don't yeah do you uh, I, I do actually I mean it doesn't take very long but I have a ritual I, I really try and, and I mean I love my cold showers anybody who can see my Instagram knows that I'm a big cold shower mm. fan I love mm. getting out in the, the fresh air first thing in the morning with a cup of tea doing some mm. grounding taking my shoes off touching the grass and then on a Sunday I will actually lock the bathroom door and like be there for 30 minutes I'll put a hair pack on my dry hair before jumping into the shower and I'll do maybe a body scrub even if it's just a handful of sea salt with some olive oil that I've just made at home mm. and then I will use a face mask over my face my neck um, my chest I'll put it on my hands even I mean I, it starts to creep up actually up towards the elbows <laughs> one of these days <laughs> it's going to be a full body pack I think I'm just going to be mm. totally immersed I think somebody should invent some sort of container that you could lie in um, that would just sort of yes, you know, fully absorb yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of this so and it, it's yeah I mean it is just that 30 minutes but it, it does make me feel better and obviously cheaper than you know going to a spa or a beauty salon or I think something. the other thing about all of that is that and it, and it's true of cosmetics more generally is that you know often that time in front of the mirror with yourself is the kind of the only time you have with mm -hmm. yourself when yes. you're not you know doing stuff working looking after other people running around like a blue ass fly you know it's the only sort of private time women get and so when people say it's um, self-indulgent or extravagant or you know they're really completely missing the point it's kind of communion with yourself or it can be um, even if you're doing something as simple as powdering your nose you know it's that it's a really kind of intimate moment and I think we've we we're not very often intimate with ourselves because there's too much life going on and too many things to do and too much to tick off the list and too much to organize and those little moments whether you lock the bathroom door and give yourself a proper amount of time or whether you're in more of a hurry are mm. really grounding and important yeah and for me it's kind of a punctuation point in the week it marks a different yeah. day a different pace I try and have my Sundays that, that do have a different pace I try not to be on social media so much you know I try to mm. be off my emails but you know you talk about having the magnifying mirror in the bathroom I have got a rather terrifying one and it is that weekly routine of you know looking at my eyebrows plucking out any strays Sadly, these days, it's also including the chin area. And I'm actually just terrified and also fascinated by how fast my chin it's, can grow a hair. It's staggering. See, I my chin is fine. Really? It's my moustache. Overnight moustache. <laughs> Literally overnight. overnight. It's like you get Literally a one centimetre growth of hair. Yeah. And it's like, it's how, how on earth did that happen? <laughs> and it's also, like it's the texture of the hair. Mm. It's the texture of the hair. It's not like it's a little feeble lovely fluffy hair it's like a big <laughs> thick yes dead straight horrible like man hair yes and i'm I, i'm in a state of constant panic and vigilance <laughs> about this because if i think oh no i tweezed the hair out yesterday there won't be another one there is there, there is. is sometimes well, Lily teases me. She's my eldest. She's 31 and, and, and she's got, I don't know, hawk-like eyes and, and she'll often mm. sort of reach across, you know, go, oh, mummy, there's just, you know, just a hair. And it's like, that'll send me rushing to the magnifying mirror. But I'm going to show you. Really... that's quite helpful. Well, she, she is helpful, actually, more Extra helpful. Extra pair fact, of eyes. Well, I should have had her because I'm going to share an embarrassing moment with you because it's just the two of us talking and nobody else listening, in that <laughs> I had 
a date um, with with a guy who has actually become my boyfriend since, but perhaps surprisingly, who at one point reached across and said, oh, I think you've just got a hair um, just on at the edge of your nose. <laughs> and unfortunately, it was still attached. And it turned out to be oh, quite God. a long hair. And the most horrifying thing was it was. What happened? It. Well, I'm, I just gave it a tug and of course it came out, but it was completely white. And I was just oh, like God. so embarrassed by that. And I mean, we do still oh. laugh about it now, but it, it was kind of one of those early date like make or break but what moments. a marvelous man what a marvelous well he man. laughed he thought it was hysterically you know. funny yeah. and i was absolutely mortified and then of course i told lily and she just rolled on the floor laughing thinking no it's a very it's quite traumatic that story because <laughs> but i'm but he's obviously a good one because yeah to find yeah, it yeah. funny you know yes, rather than not, to go not to run a mile <laughs> my uber's outside yeah <laughs> yes exactly got to go now <laughs> let's talk about price because you know i talk about going into the bathroom and, and just doing a salt scrub and all of that which is mm. inexpensive and actually hugely easy uh, and, and effective over the years you have tried and tested so many things is there a correlation between price and efficacy do you think we need to pay a lot to get something good or, or do you have favorite budget brands that you found work just as well it's a million dollar question that isn't it the really annoying answer is that sometimes it's worth the cost i wouldn't i couldn't say that it's never worth it Sometimes it really, really is because the composition of the product and the ingredients it contains and the quantities of product of ingredients it contains and so on really do make a massive difference. But also sometimes brands just kind of take the piss and it's very difficult to, it, unless you know, it's quite difficult to, you know, trial and error is really kind of the only way of finding out. Um, I do really, really rate loads of budget brands, brands like... Um, Decium and The Ordinary, I think, are amazing. I think it's amazing. to. The only thing that annoys me about them is they're not explainy enough. So you buy your little bottle of magic, but but it doesn't tell you what to do with it. Um, but yeah, I think, and I think, you know, there are certain things like moisturisers. I mean, I have some expensive moisturisers that I love, but moisturisers can't... Um, the, the molecules in them are too big to actually kind of penetrate the skin's barrier. Uh, serums can do that, but moisturizers can't. So actually, I mean, I wouldn't suggest anybody did this. And obviously, some moisturizers are nicer to use than others. Some moisturizers are more effective than others. But actually, if you were to rub the cheapest moisturizer you can find into your face, assuming you had vaguely normal, non-reactive, non-sensitive skin, which are, is a lot of assumptions you would probably be all right. It would certainly be better than doing nothing. So, yeah, you can spend £400 on a tub of moisturiser. I don't think it's going to make... Mm. It's never... I don't think it's going to make £400 worth of difference, no. No, no. Absolutely right. And I'm I'm a big fan of Beauty Pie, as I think you are too. I love Beauty Pie. Yeah, Mm. Marcia Kilgore, she's been here on the podcast, actually. She's just such a great disruptor. I mean, for anybody who doesn't know... She's fantastic, isn't she? But they're such good products, isn't she? They're great products, but she sells them at cost. So that's the very interesting thing. And she uses, you know, top labs in South Korea Mm. and Switzerland and Japan and places Mm. like that. And you just pay a subscription to, to be able to access great skincare and makeup, of course, at cost. But what's quite interesting is looking at what the actual cost is because some of yeah. these products that you know she has from top swiss labs you know the actual cost might be 40 pounds 
And that's the cost of actually manufacturing it. So, you know, I think mm. some of these ingredients from the high-end brands, you know, they are pricey, aren't they? And I guess that's reflected in the ultimate retail price. It's also the packaging. You know, a, a really interesting thing that I'd never, ever thought about is that glass, as in to make a glass jar, is incredibly expensive. And the price of it fluctuates really, really wildly. When, while I was writing the book, the price of glass fluctuated by 50%. Now, obviously, when glass costs a fortune, that cost is passed on to the consumer. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to be said for a, a budget brand in cheap packaging because chances are it'll work really, really well. And I completely second your love of Beauty Pie. I think I think what she's doing is amazing. Those are top notch ingredients and they really they really work. Yeah, and it's a way to get them, you know, more affordably perhaps than than any other. Can we yeah. touch on facial hair before we move on to makeup? You know, mm. I've shared my rather embarrassing nasal hair story and you've you've touched on your moustache there. What what's <laughs> what's your take on the best ways to remove it? You know, do you like things like dermaplaning or derm blading do you i don't know use an epilator or, or waxing what's what's your I what's your favorite um i have really irrit- what i would do if my skin could take it is i would have everything threaded um but right. my skin becomes so irritated by anything by waxing by threading by any any kind of means of facial hair removal that I get red welts, and by the time the by the time the red welts, I mean like really, you know, like blisters. And by the time they've gone down, more hair. It's just there's no point. Um, I believe in IPL. That's intense, intense pulse light. Pulse light, yeah. Yeah, you you could get devices to use at home if you're very very patient. You can do your legs or your underarms or mm. your bikini line or whatever. Um, I think they work. If I didn't have darker skin, I would just go for laser treatment and have them lasered off but i'm scared of dark marks coming because sometimes the laser the la- yeah anyway it's it can boring pigment. and complicated but anyway yeah. i don't do that yeah. so actually what i do is a tweezers and eternal vigilance and b <laughs> i have this um little battery operated facial shaver is too strong a word but facial right. hair remover that has very gentle blades covered with a kind of perforated metal thing so you don't get cut and you go whiz 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 around your moustache or your skin or whatever and the hair does not grow back thick and wiry Mm. the hair Mm. grows back normally and I just find it's really quick and really effective provided that you know you're not you haven't left it behind in which case that's always a total panic Um, and tweezers certainly I carry tweezers with me at all times there are some on my desk while I'm talking to you oh really I think I'm going to have to get into that habit as well clearly because these hairs just I mean they go rogue don't they they're just instant they do and out by the root (laughs) is the best way of keeping them at bay for longer yeah Absolutely. Okay, so we've we've talked about skincare and hair removal, kind of getting the, the smooth base. The icing on the cake is always the makeup bit. You talked earlier about finding eyeshadows that don't crease and that lipsticks that make your lips look fuller. What are your best go tos now for for more mature skin? Well, it's partly a question of application. So you know. A thing that women always say to me is, I've got hooded eyes, I can no longer wear eye makeup, which isn't true. You just need to apply it differently. I explain in the book, you need to you need to go higher, basically, and create a crease yes. where there isn't one. And then you, you, you absolutely yes. can wear eye makeup. My favourite things, I like things that glide. 
Um, I really mm-hmm. like eye pencils, and I like eye pencils that don't... Dr- the problem is finding an eye pencil that glides along, and there are lots of those, but that doesn't sort of then slide off or disappear by lunchtime. That, you know, because because the dry, the dry pencils that, that, that drag your eyelid in a really unhelpful way do have longevity. They stay on until you take them off. So the, the, the trick is finding stuff that is smooth and glidey to apply, but that stays mm-hmm. put. Um, yes. I really, which, which I, brands? You know, I yeah. really like. Do you have a favourite one? Yeah, my favourite are um, Victoria Beckham's um, Cole pencils, which are so soft and so blendable, and then they set and then they stay there. And the colours are really flattering. The colours are quite kind of discreet, but they're beautiful. I really yes. rate her whole makeup line, which is a very so unexpected discovery yeah, yeah, for I, me. I, I agree with you actually yeah no, I think she's done really well with the formulations and she seems to be sort of quite personally involved you know unlike a lot of yeah I think she's very hands-on which is again yeah. quite surprising yeah the other range that I've discovered more recently is Studio 10 which oh, again Studio is, 10 is great isn't it and that, that's designed for, for more mature women and it's very specifically edited. formulated for older women yeah, yeah really yeah. really and good it just has like you know one mascara and you know one brow pencil and I, I think for anybody who finds the whole makeup maze such a minefield to navigate is is really helped by that by having well like yeah if book, you were you know, having buy that from one edit. brand mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly it's a it, exactly it's a trusted edit if you're going to buy from one brand that would be a very good brand to start with mm. yeah I agree with you what about lips because you said that red lipstick was your signature have you found that the color you've had to adjust over the years as you've as your skin tone perhaps has changed or is it more the that's formula? interesting yeah no my skin tone hasn't changed. My teeth have changed. The size right. of my, the shape of my lips has changed, and my hair color varies a lot. So I find, I mean, that gray hair is a whole other thing. Um, mm. I'm not really ready for gray hair yet, but Same. but you know, if you let if you let your hair go gray, then you really need to reconsider all your makeup because everything needs a tweak. Um, but um, no, what I find I do now is I use. A slightly less punchy red, slightly less punchy red. But what I do is um, I slightly overline my lips, which sounds very 1990s or, you know, black liner with <laughs> with a yes. pale centre. But I'm, I match the liner perfectly, perfectly, perfectly to the um, to the lipstick shade. Charlotte Tilbury is very good at this. And nobody can tell. Nobody. Can. It's not just me. It's like all my friends do it. Nobody can tell. It, it, you just you just yeah. go over my tiny, 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 tiny bit. bit. You don't draw yourself a yeah. new lip shape. You just yeah. go very slightly over your natural line, yeah. and um, yeah, it works. It really works. In fact, it, it can always be too good. I, I posted a YouTube video recently, and uh, and I did exactly that before I started filming it. And you know, the mm. majority of the comments. It wasn't even about makeup, but of course, the majority of the comments were, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you've had you know filler in your lips, and you know they look so See? plump." And actually, yeah. it, it literally wasn't. It was the fact that I'd used the same lip pencil color as lipstick, and I'd done that slightly extra outline, and then filled it in. And you know, my lips did look, you know, vavum. They they'd been plumped it up, but actually, I, I then got a little bit scared, and then thought, "I'm not doing that again," because I don't want to look as if I'm, you know, pneumatic on my lips. Well, and also the problem is, of course, when you take it all off, you know, and I think this is also when you when you take it all off at night, you don't want to be disappointed with yourself. No, you want to you want to you want to be yeah. pleased by what you see. So I think on the kind of 
artifice side, it, it's a good idea to err on the side of caution. But do it, but that lip thing is incredibly effective, and yeah, everyone should really do it. Is. Frankly, it really. India, it's such a great opportunity to to chat to you and to hear, you know, your take on so many good things. Your column is amazing, I have to say. I'm sure everybody listening is is probably a regular aficionado already, but if if not, then do please write. Uh, you, you you basically take a product a week, do you, and then give it an in depth review, which is quite unusual. Yeah, I wanted um, again. I want that column was born because beauty coverage in magazines used to annoy me because I could tell that, that a lot of it. This is a long time ago. It's I don't think longer true anymore, but. But I could tell that they were just rewriting press releases. Yes. And sometimes I could tell because yeah. I had been sent those press releases. Yes, so you know. And I would recognise the quotes, you know. <laughs> and it used to really bother me because makeup is really expensive and women really care about makeup. And if somebody who doesn't have much money is, you know, traipsing off to the department store to buy the miracle product that they've read about being written up, the, the, the write-up needs to be candid and truthful. So that was how it started. And... um and that was how that's how it's sort of continued to be you know i'm not nice to particular brands because they advertise with us i'm not no. you know that it's completely my opinion as a 57 year old woman who likes going to the big boots and mm-hmm. seeing what new things they've got in that is that's what it is well, thank you for it. I've I've bought many things on your recommendation, so thank you. And very best of luck with your book, The Beauty Edit, What Works When You're Older. I think it's going to be an invaluable resource and it's just been lovely to chat today. Wish you huge success with it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Liz. I'm such a fan and it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Oh, I love that conversation so much. Well, as we mentioned, India is a big fan of Beauty Pie as I am. That's the beauty product subscription service. As I said, we had Marcia Kilgore on the show actually for International Women's Day for a special earlier this year. So do go back and listen to that episode if you didn't catch it at the time. She is great. She's just a brilliant disruptor of all sorts of industries, but mostly the beauty industry. And if you fancy subscribing to Beauty Pie, actually you can use our Liz Loves discount code That gives you money off your subscription, which is always handy. Uh, You'll find the details over on lizlwellbeing.com. Just look up Liz Loves because you'll find lots and lots of other great beauty discounts there too. Well, talking about lots and lots of good things, we've got some lovely cosy winter episodes coming up for you, including a chat about the benefits of sauna, how to calm your mind with food and many other good things for our well-being. So do make sure that you're following the podcast so you can join me and my guests over the coming weeks. And of course, if you'd prefer to listen to all your episodes ad-free, you can now subscribe to the Lizard Wellbeing Show Plus, and that's on Apple Podcasts for a very small monthly fee. Once you're a subscriber there, you get 24-hour early access to all those ad-free episodes too. Well, back with you next week, but in the meantime, I'd love to know your beauty routine and how that has changed maybe over the years the team and I are on Instagram at Liz Earl Wellbeing and I am personally there at Liz Earl Me so drop imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Me a comment. Until the next time we chat. Go well. Goodbye. The Lizelle Wellbeing Show is presented by me, Lizelle, and is produced by Anushka Tate for Fresh Air Production, with additional production support from Ellie Smith.